0: Slide presentation this morning. Good morning.
1: Welcome. It is a special day today and uh, I want to share something when I finish but I want to go over the announcements but even as we start uh, we're here because of people that sacrificed so we could be here in freedom and it's a special day because of all these people that have died for the cause of freedom But even as far back as the apostles And the, the, the martyrs People have been dying for freedom For thousands of years And uh, we have a freedom in Christ And we have a freedom to be here And worship wherever we want to How we want to And we have people to thank for that uh, I want to mention this morning We have a flag here That Miss Carolyn Burnside has brought up here. It's a special flag because it actually draped the coffin of uh, her dad, Mr. M.C. Wallace, Jr. Uh, not sure if it was the original flag that came home with him from where he died, but it was the flag that was here when he was buried. So it's a, it's a very vivid reminder of what's what we're celebrating. Uh, if you look at your announcements, uh, don't forget BBS, June the 12th through the 16th. In case y'all hadn't counted that up, that's only two weeks away. It's falling down on us fast, so uh, get your ducks in a row. I'm about tired of looking at this stuff uh, strung out over our house, so I'll be glad when it gets started. Uh, Lynn, Lynn's got it everywhere. Uh, they are still looking for donations. If you'll look in your bulletin, they're listed. Uh, we are looking forward to uh, Debbie, Coming back here this coming week, Brother Jesse will be leaving, going back over there. They're loading everything up, and uh, when she gets back here this time, she's here for good. Praise the Lord. Uh, I've mentioned several Sundays about uh, us being asked about participation in the Shepherd Center. Uh, We haven't had anybody signed up so I'm assuming that corporately we are not going to to sponsor or be take a week or a month or whatever but I do want to encourage you to if it's something you feel inclined to do have the time you will be blessed by doing it but that is something that needs to be taken up individually with uh, Jane Barnett or whoever is else can in in charge of that. Uh, We will have Regular services tonight. Brother Jesse's wrapping up chapter one of Proverbs. Tiffany says the children will still meet uh, in, in the gym. Uh, Thursday is the first. And that means young at heart, roll the dice, play dominoes. Y'all come on. We skipped two weeks this time. It really hurt me. Uh, so uh, <clears throat> I mentioned last week about. We have a an app that you can download. It's called our church Uh, Hillary's worked very hard on that and I know after uh, Michael's mom was hurt we called and she posted that and it all of a sudden the the app just notified Everybody who has signed up you will see all of this information Some there are some some smaller uh, Prayer groups and text groups and stuff, but if the more people we can get into this app the more we can disseminate critical information, and it was critical at that time to to get the prayer started. So, if you haven't downloaded it, you can put it on your phone. It's a free app. And Tiffany, I'm not Tiffany. Hillary told me this morning that there is a place uh, in there for uh, where you can contact her. It sends something to her email, and then if it's information that needs to be disseminated, she can put it back out to the whole to the whole group that has the app. So uh, I want to encourage y'all download it. Doesn't cost anything. You can put it on a PC or you can put it on your smartphones. And Lynn has a hole that up Ephraim uh, a red Magellan windbreaker that's been in their Sunday school room for two years. If you know whose it is, tell them get it. If it's something you want, get it. It's up here. So, uh, are there any other announcements uh, that I don't know about or that aren't in the
0: bulletin? I will say on behalf of her, family, uh, I will say on behalf of Miss Corrine and the family. Thank you for your prayers. God answered in a major way from when we first heard about it, being scared if she was even going to live. Michael, after he went and responded and was helping, was scared she was going to lose her arm. They have her arm intact. She can move her fingers. She's probably going to have most of her motion, if not all. Everything is looking good, and we know that it's because of God. And so we just thank you so much for your prayers. He answered in a big way.
1: He does that. Uh, I said I wanted to share something. I don't want to take up too much time, but... Things just hit me sometimes during the week, and I've been reading through the Bible chronologically. This is my third year, and and I do like it because uh, it puts everything side by side, and there are some places that it's word for word in different books. There are some places that there's some uh, disagreement, and that always piques my interest to, to look and see why and what it means, but... Uh, this past week, and I think it was Wednesday, uh, I was actually, the reading was in Kings and Chronicles. And some of it's like I said, word for word, but there is something that's found in Second Chronicles that's not in Kings. I don't know why that is, but it's a verse that most of y'all are going to be familiar with. Uh, it's a verse that, I don't. I can't remember Lynn saying if y'all don't memorize this, you don't get supper. But when Brooks and Lane were young, uh, we memorized verses of scripture. Second Chronicles 7:14 was one of them. I'd like to think she would have fed us anyway, but uh, we we didn't know that for certain. So we learned to to repeat the verse. But what I want to say because it's kind of pertinent to to this day, and, and the things that we enjoy, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it on, on the screen because what I want to look at that we don't normally think about is verse 13. Can you throw that up? The backdrop to this set of verses is Solomon has finished the temple. He's just had this beautiful prayer to God to. Uh, don't turn your back on Israel content on Israel. Continue to meet us here. Always remember us. He's just praying to God that, that here it is. We want you here forever. And this is God's response. The first thing he says is that I hear your prayer and I'm gonna honor it. But in verse thirteen He says, when I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people. Uh, That's Old Testament talk for, uh, uh, let me have that back, Michael, verse 13. Uh, When he shuts up the heavens that there's no rain, uh, that's. That's droughts, that's floods, that's El Niños, La Niños, that's hurricanes, that's all of these natural phenomena. That earthquakes uh, we're seeing. Uh, those things cause what we, that says command the locusts to devour the land. That's, that's crop failures. That's things related to things that, that God has, has inflicted upon the earth. And then he says, and send a plague among my people. We see that. There's all kinds of stuff we got bugs in this world that we don't know what to do with. Uh, they're super bugs we have no defense against them we have no cure for them and I say all that to say that there are people that say my God doesn't do those kind of things. Uh, he wouldn't do that. My Bible says he does and some of this stuff self-inflicted we've done some of this to ourselves in the world but some of this is God's judgment now, Thank goodness and thank God, there's verse 14. Y'all know the verse. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. God gives many conditional promises, unconditional promises. We don't have to do anything. God's going to do it regardless of what we do. This is a conditional promise. It's an if-then statement. Hey, I told you all what I could do. I can mess your weather up. I can destroy your crops. I can infect you with stuff you can't get rid of. But if you will humble yourselves and pray, then I will hear you and I will restore you and I will help you. So that brings up verse 15. Now, my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. He's talking about the temple of Solomon. But where is God now? Where is the temple of God now? It's in us. He's going to hear the prayers in us. Where is the Spirit of God? In this place. I say it almost every Sunday. Thank you for being here. We need you. We need the Spirit of God corporately in this place. So, he's promised it. We need to use it. We need to obey it. Y'all pray with me, and then we're going to, uh, we'll have a time of fellowship. Heavenly Father, we, we pause now to thank you for who you are. For a love so great we can't even fathom it, that you can love us despite how unlovable we can be. Thank you for... Willingness to forgive us no matter what we do, confession, repentance. Lord, you seek to help us back, to draw us closer to you. Thank you for being a God that's trustworthy and faithful and long-suffering. Lord, even now, we want to thank you as we honor those who have lost their lives uh, obtaining and uh, pursuing this peace, this freedom that we take for granted sometimes. Thank you for pursuing us, and thank you, Lord, for the men and women who who actually did lose their lives for us. Lord, I pray that if we are ever called to stand firm, that you will help us to stand strong, that we would be for future generations what past generations have been for us. Bless us this morning. Speak to us through your word as Brother Jesse opens it up. Help us to absorb it, to obey it, and to use it for your honor and glory. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
0: We'll sing all five of it.
2: Thank you, ma'am. It's so good to be in God's house. Um, We're going to be looking at John 1. We're going to finish up the first chapter of the Gospel of John. I appreciate when sharing what he did, that just fits everything so perfectly. and I tell you, I'm, I'm glad when people are led by the Spirit. To just you don't need to hear everything from me. You need to hear from other people too. And, and that's I, I've been in situations where <laughs> I had to lead the music and <laughs> and preach and make the announcements and everything. I don't I don't always feel real comfortable with being the one man doing all of that. So it's good for um, other people to share what's on their heart. You see God you know, making it all come together, and it's just a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. Um, This is a weekend of of both celebration, but it's also one of uh, making us mindful of those who've given everything the ultimate sacrifice uh, to defend our nation, defend freedom. I did not... uh, lose anyone in that setting but when i was in federal service i did lose one officer and i tell you what it's just a it's a something i'll never forget Um, just makes you stop and just kind of your heart gets full and sometimes it all comes up in your throat you just have to take a moment and thank god for people who gave that ultimate sacrifice so that we might be here. And i tell you what, the thing that breaks my heart, and we were having discussions this morning about different parts of the country, and I'll get to the message, but I just want to make mention of this. I, I've seen some things in our time in West Texas, and uh, every part of the country has its own subcultures and different kinds of, you know, uh, settings. But Not just there, I'm sure, but I have seen where young people just, you know, thank God they still do the Pledge of Allegiance every morning, but I've I've seen many young people who wouldn't even stand, much less cover their heart, you know, as the Pledge of Allegiance was being said. And and it it breaks my heart, yet I know, and the point is this, America... You know, we can get really upset and passionate about that, and that's, that's normal, that's good. But yet at the same time, that's what America is all about. And there are people um, that, you know, that get passionate on both sides of, of issues, but yet I remind them that that's what America is about. America is about your freedom to worship or, implicitly in that, not to worship. And some who want to criticize Christians for wanting to worship and wanting to have what we've had for so long, being that we have the foundation in our Constitution, and to think, boy, we could talk about that for a while, and I wish I had that opportunity right now to do that, because I'm big in political science. I, I could teach political science because i got enough hours there to do that, but <laughs> I'm a big political science student. But it's not about politics, it's about our Constitution. And it's about our founding. And I get passionate about people, you know, sometimes think that we want to get rid of our history. Well, uh, like someone said, if you have no history, you got no future. Because if you forget where you came from, you're not going to have anywhere to go. And so when you erase everything, even if we made mistakes as a nation... And I'm not going to preach on this, but I I just want you to understand. We make mistakes. Yes, we've made mistakes as a nation. Yes, we've made mistakes as a people. Yes, we make mistakes every day still today. But we need to look at those things and remember those things and not make the same mistakes again. But if you erase it all, then our children and grandchildren don't know what mistakes we made. And guess what's going to happen? History is going to repeat itself. You know why? Because that same sin that caused those mistakes that we've made as a people or any other people have made still exists and it's going to happen again. So keep reminding yourself if we erase history and try to forget something just to make us feel better now, it's going to happen in the next generations again. That's my soapbox for the morning. We need to remind ourselves that, and I like what Wynn said, way back to the apostles, many people have given. And I've, I've made that argument many times about why I believe this book and why, why I'm so passionate about it and why I'm confident that what we have right here is the Word of God. And we're going to discuss that just a little bit here in our message this morning because so many people, and I think it was even in one of our films uh, that we were watching, that so many people have given everything. Can you imagine? There's another movie I want us to watch, and I only saw part of it. And it's the Apostle Paul. Um, we need to watch that. <laughs> we may take a Sunday night and watch that. That's a really good man. That was a, and he said something in that movie about people willing to die for the truth. If you want to believe in something, and people are always looking for something to believe in today, because everybody wants that human nature to want to identify with something. That's just what we do as a people. We want to identify. God didn't make us to live all alone and be loners and be lone wolves. No, God made us to identify and be together with people. That's why it's so important. But, man, I tell you what, if you want to find out what something It's worth dying for. Read your Bible. Because I'll tell you right now. Jesus paid it all for us. He gave the ultimate sacrifice for you and for me. Our message today is the final verses of John chapter 1. And the title is Peace, Love, and Figs. The subtitle is Real Christians... In a pretend world. Now let's look for a moment. Those things may not sound like they go together. But I think you'll see in a moment a little bit of a correlation here. As we go through these final verses. I didn't want us to miss this. In the last few verses of the gospel according to John. Let's start at 43. The next day he purposed to go forth into Galilee. And he found Philip. And Jesus said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida in the city of Andrew and Peter, of the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathaniel. Boy, we could could spend a little bit of time, and I think we need to just notice that, that people are finding people. You know, followers are finding followers, and that's something that comes natural as we become a Christian. We find others that we want to share about Jesus. It's just a natural thing when you become a Christian to want to share Jesus with other people. Nathaniel, he found Nathaniel said to him, verse 45, "We have found him of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph." And Nathaniel said to him, "Can anything good come out of Nazareth?" And Philip said to him, "Come and see." Now, just real quickly, um, that sounds sounds like a real rude remark. But it, I, I tend to want to think it's not quite as rude as it, as it is, just a, an amazement, just a comment, just an offhand statement. Because, you see, Bethlehem was such a small place. Uh, in, in the day and age, they didn't even come get conscripts for people to join the military in places like that, so small. So it was kind of an indiscriminate place, just, you know, kind of a nowhere place. And Nazareth was kind of pretty close to that not much happening in Nazareth. So it would be something like somebody saying if you grew up here, I wouldn't say it cuz I didn't grow up here, but I might say that about the town I grew up in and you might say it about that since you have a right to say it, since you grew up here, you might go, "Man, can really anybody famous or anything like that ever come out of Newton?" you know? So it was kind of like that. It's not really a put down, but you'd have to have the right to say that. You'd have to grow up here, you know, right? So uh, that's kind of the way I believe he meant that. I want to think that anyway. So he said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Peter, Peter or Philip, excuse me, said to him, come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael. Nathanael means God's gift, by the way. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no guile. That statement stuck with me a long time ago, and I think we need to examine that. But he said, Nathaniel said to him, "How do you know me?" Jesus answered and said to him, "Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you." And Nathaniel answered him and said, "Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel." And Jesus answered and said to him, Because I said to you that I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You shall see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say unto you, you shall see the heavens open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. So very quickly, what did he mean? Jesus made a statement. So you might say Nathaniel had made some kind of offhand remark. So Jesus just being who Jesus is, said, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guile. So what kind of statement is that? What did Jesus mean by that? First of all, I think we need to know what the word guile means, don't you think? So when you define guile, basically you're going to say that uh, someone in whom there's no deception, there's no pretense, there's no false anything about that person. In other words, it might be someone we would describe today as someone who wasn't rude, but yet someone who was very upfront about what they how they felt and how they saw. You know, just just hey, that's the way it is. You know, that's just that's just the way it is. And there was no beating around the bush about somebody like that. And it I believe it was a compliment in a very large way what Jesus was saying to Nathanael, which means God's gifts. I believe he was saying to Nathanael, you're the kind of guy in in whom there is no deception, there's no pretense in you, and you, you may kind of have to see it to believe it, but when you see it, you're going to believe it. You know, just that kind of guy. And so when Jesus said to him, he said, How do you know me? I mean, Nathaniel's real honest. He's real upfront. He's real bold. Okay, Lord, how do you, Rabbi, how do you know me? And Jesus said to him, Before, let me just read that one more time. Jesus said to him, Before Philip called you, when you run to the fig tree, I saw you. Now, what significance does that have? Hold your finger right there. You know what we're going to do. We're going to go back to the Old Testament, right? Micah 4.4. Hold your finger right there. Go to Micah 4.4. In fact, we're going to read a little bit more here. I want you to see. Let me just very quickly bring you up to speed, kind of like what Wynn did. I want you to see this. And he said in verse 1, It shall come about in the last days that the mountain of the house of the Lord will be established as the chief of the mountains. It will be raised up above the hills, and the people will stream to it. And many nations will come and say, Come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, and to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us about his ways, that we may walk in his paths. For from Zion... Boy, that's that thing so many nations hate. Zion. Yes, that means Israel. Zionists. Oh, they have disdain for that. From Zion will go forth the law... Even the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Yes. And he will judge between many peoples. Render decisions for mighty distant nations. We're talking about the millennial kingdom here. Then they will hammer their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not lift up sword against nation. And hallelujah, look at this. Never again will they train for war. (laughs) I could not let that go unread. We're here celebrating, you might say, and remembering those who have given the ultimate sacrifice in defense of their country. And Jesus is talking about a time here in the Old Testament. The prophecy is that they will never train for war again. Look at what he says in verse 4. And each of them will sit under his vine and under his victory. With no one to make them afraid, for the mouth of the Lord of hosts is spoken. Basically what it means to the Jew, and what Nathaniel understood when Jesus said to him, I saw you under your fig tree. To a Jew in that day, and again we're going back to that historical cultural setting, right? We're understanding what Jesus was saying. What Nathaniel was understanding, what he was hearing, and understanding what was going on at the moment, because Nathaniel had spent some time on a regular basis under his fig tree, because in the Jewish people's minds of that day, coming from the Old Testament prophecy, that the ultimate place to have peace, and love, and happiness, and joy, and that lack of fear from anybody attacking you was sitting under your own fig tree. They revered the fig tree. Matter of fact, I, I even go back to the. To just by the way, you might say, it may not have been an apple that Adam and Eve got in trouble over. It may have been a fig. Because if you'll notice, they covered themselves not in apple tree leaves, did they? What did they cover themselves with? Fig leaves. Just by the way, often we, when we sin, we often try to cover up our sin with some of the same things. Well, I'm going to not preach on that today, but we often try to cover ourselves up with some of the same things we got in trouble over, don't we? We try to make excuses. Okay, I'm going to leave that alone. <laughs> That's for another message. But it was under your fig tree. So we say in America... The, you know, baseball and apple pie. That's what we're all about, right? America's pastime. I don't know if people understand that now in this generation. But that was, to my generation, that was what it was all about. A baseball game and a hot dog and maybe some apple pie cooling on the windowsill. Go to grandma's house and eat apple pie and watch a baseball game or something like that and sit outdoors and enjoy the freedom that someone had provided with that ultimate sacrifice. And that was much like what the Jewish people felt like in this day right here, was that they had the freedom and the peace and the comfort of sitting under their own fig tree. And here Nathaniel had been recently doing that. And most of these guys, that was a big deal to them. Everybody had their own fig tree. They all, they all, If they had anything at all, they had a fig tree that they could sit in in peace and comfort and all the leaves and everything under their own vine, he might say, and all this would just kind of cover them up. They could go sit there with the Word of God, which was the Torah, the law, and they could sit there in peace and comfort and safety and read the law of God, which we might equate nowadays to the Word of God, and they could sit there in peace and safety and meditate on the Lord. Now, they didn't have the indwelling Holy Spirit like we do now, but I'm sure there was a very special measure of comfort and peace that came about by reading God's Word, because you can't read God's Word without getting something from it. I'm just telling you right now. It was just an amazing thing. And Nathaniel had been recently sitting there under his fig tree, enjoying the peace and safety that God had provided them, And I believe with all of my heart, he had been praying for what Micah had talked about, the coming of the Messiah, the Son of God, the King of Kings. And now he gets to meet him face to face. And when Jesus said said to the Lord, how do you know me? And he said, before Philip called you, when you were sitting under your fig tree, I saw. And it was more than just I saw you from a distance. I'm the one that you were meditating on. I'm the one that you were praying God would send the Messiah. I am the Messiah. And immediately with that gaze that only Jesus could have that was piercing and went straight into your heart, he knew exactly that the person he was speaking with at that moment was the same one that had met him in that special experience under his fig tree as he meditated on God's Word. I believe that with everything that I am. Oh, that was precious to him. And how that was precious to anyone and should be. That gets me excited. None of this stuff is just happenstance. Boy, when you dig up all those things, it starts getting real to you. Nathaniel said, (laughs) he's kind of... Kind of like Thomas. (laughs) I don't need to. My Lord and my God. You are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. He knew Him. And when you come face to face with Jesus, in an experience with Him, and a salvation experience, you're going to know who you are believing in. Now, what does that have to do with peace, love, and figs? Well, I love the part about the figs. But real Christians in a pretend world, how does that come in? Because this world today wants to pretend like God didn't create it. They want to pretend that God didn't make them. I'm not supposed to say anything yet, but we may have an announcement coming up pretty soon. You know about something precious in in a in a very small place in a daughter-in-law's. You know uh, anyway. Anyway, there's something precious coming. Some people today want to pretend God didn't do that because He says He put us together and formed us in that womb. Listen, man, there are a lot of people don't want to pretend that God didn't put this nation where it is. I have begged to to differ. And I believe I have evidence of it that our Constitution couldn't have come about by just somebody who's like, oh, i got a good idea. The men who framed the Constitution that we here are, are under our little fig tree, we're under the peace and safety of it in this nation. There are those that are pecking away at that. But I'll tell you right now, they may not have known Exactly what kind in the beginning of government they wanted, but they already knew what kind they didn't want because they had seen history and they were students of history, they were English gentlemen. And people can make them into something else, but I'm going to tell you right now, history proves, I believe, without a shadow of a doubt, they weren't perfect. They were men. But I'll tell you right now, they were men of honor, and they were men of learning. They were men of an education. They have a lot more education than many people do today. And they knew what they didn't want in a country. They knew what they didn't want in a government because they'd already seen those things fail. And I believe with all of my heart, That God put all of this together. There are so many things that are implicit in our Constitution. Many principles that weren't stated explicitly, but they're there. The principles are there. And they're in our legal jurisprudence every day. And I hear people talking about how, you know, this country's not fair, and law's not fair, and everything's not fair. That's because maybe you're looking for something maybe that you think you deserve. But we don't deserve anything. I got news for you. This is the greatest nation other than Israel. This is the greatest nation that's ever been on the face of the earth, and God made us put us here for the express purpose I am convinced of sharing the gospel with the world. I believe that. Yeah, there's going to come a time and I call I actually wrote a letter to one of my professors And I said, you know, I don't find anything in the Old Testament, in in, in Revelation. I don't find anything in Revelation about America. We're the greatest nation ever been. And I don't find anything in the last day prophecies and things like that. I don't find any record of a United States of America. The Bible doesn't say anything about, oh, the United States of America. No, it doesn't say anything about that. And I said, I'd really like to know why. So he sent me back a bunch of stuff, and he listed out some things. that could be this, could be that, or it could be... That this great nation has become over time just another country of insignificance as far as, you know, the world influence is concerned. And the more things become global, you learn this in business classes, you learn about that, the more things are, more, are global. You, every business is global. Amazon, one of the most global co- companies in the entire world. They ain't everywhere. But you not only get the good, but you get the bad. When you reach out with that global reach with everything, boy, you can get on Amazon, you can be in Sri Lanka, or you can be in the Horn of Africa, or you can be down in the jungles of South America, and if you can find a Wi-Fi or a a signal somewhere, you can order something off Amazon, and I promise you somebody's going to get it to you. I remember back in 1979, we were bebopping through the jungles of Honduras, and I mean just yeah, banana limbs and trees and somebody chopping all that stuff. We we're walking through there, and we thought we were in the middle of God's nowhere, and all of a sudden, we we're like, hey, we hear music. What's going on? We were hearing Michael Jackson. And if I'm not badly mistaken, it was Billie Jean is not my lover. You know, music in the middle of the... How does that happen? Well, it, a little bit later, we happened up on a little old tiny village, and they had a little trading thing there, and they had a little speaker up there, and they were playing Michael Jackson. I believe that's what it was. I'm like, oh, my heavens, in the middle of nowhere. Listen, people, there's nothing private in this world anymore. Everything has just gone. You know, It, it everybody's everywhere. somebody somewhere. somewhere. Somebody said you within about four people you're gonna find that you have a you know a, a contact with somebody anywhere in the world you know about three or four different people most on average. So I'm just saying what goes global, the good and the bad happens, and it could be, it could be as these last days progress and things begin to happen as God said they were gonna happen, that America and I'm I, this breaks my heart to even say it may just become a little more faded in the, the nothingness of the world. You know, that's what they want. They want us just to just be another third world country anyway. Hey, let's all just be like, you know, let's be like everybody else. We don't need no great nation. We don't need us being more powerful and more anything. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, we can have a conversation all day long about negotiating peace from the, the, the position of strength. But that's another message as well. You can't negotiate from weakness. That's true. You've got nothing to negotiate with. So let them all run their mouth all they want to. A position of strength is the only place where you have any negotiation whatsoever. I'll let that alone. But the point of fact is this. Our net, our fig tree of peace and safety is being pecked and whittled at every day. And I'll tell you right now, we better meet with God while we have a chance. Because there may come a time when it's not as free and not as safe and not as comfortable as it is today. We need to just be aware. And we need to do what God sent us here to do. That ought to give us a sense of urgency. So what does it mean, for real Christians, in a pretend world? Well, the world wants to pretend that we weren't created. The world wants to pretend that babies are just... You know, a glob of flesh and cells. The world wants to pretend that there's no such thing as right and wrong. The world wants to pretend all of these things that you find in the Bible. And you're going, boy, they sure do have a good list of things. wonder where they got it. Everything, the mirror image of what the Bible says about right and wrong. So what does that leave us? I think we need to be just like Nathaniel in a lot of ways. We need to be a little bit brash. I know we're all shy. Yeah, I was shy. I grew up shy. You couldn't even, back the first baccalaureate service, that they asked me to preach out with a couple hundred people. I, they had to go dig me out of the restroom because I was in there throwing up. I was so sick. I was so nervous. I couldn't even talk in front of people. And I almost passed out. I had no idea what I preached on. I had no idea. But now, I don't care. <laughs> Put me in front of a ball stadium. I don't care. It don't matter to me. God did that. I didn't do that. I think we need to be a little bit bold. We need to be a little bit brash. Not rude, not hateful. But brother, it's time for us to stand up and speak up before the time is late and over. We need to be bold enough to say what we need to say. We need to quit worrying about so much about hurting people's feelings. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But we need to be honest with people because people don't know. Just like those kids I was talking about in West Texas, a lot of them don't know any different. They don't know. They're not listening in class. I know that for sure. I was in there. They didn't pay attention to what I was saying. They don't know anything about what the Star Single Banner is all about. They don't know why the why we have a flag. What why, that flag? Why not? Well, let's just go have us a flag with a with a puppy on it or something. You know They don't understand the significance of those things because they're not being taught at home and they're not being taught in school because they're not listening. Not because the teachers are not teaching, they're just not listening because they don't see any reason to do so. And so we have a generation of people coming up that are not learning the things that you and I already know. They just are not learning those things. We don't need to be mad at them, we just need to be bold. We need to teach them. We need to help them. We need to stand up and speak up when the chance Comes about. Don't be hateful. Don't be rude. Of course you won't. I know you won't. But we need to be bold and say, No, no, hold on. Let me take a minute out of my day to set that record straight (laughs) and do it. (laughs) People need to understand. Maybe you need to write a letter to somebody. Maybe you need to, you know, get involved in something. Maybe I don't know what it is, but. Real Christians need to be real Christians today. we don't need to have any pretense about us. We need what you see is what you get. Because if we're ever going to be able to have peace and safety, boy, well, I said it's going to be a short message. If we're ever going to be able to have a peace and safety under our fig tree. This is it. This is our fig tree. This government. This I don't worship the government. But we have a government that was created for the purpose. You know, you can disagree. You can be a devil worshiper. You can be a heathen. You can be an atheist. You can be an agnostic. You can be anything you want to be. But you know what? What provided you the opportunity and the freedom to do all of that? This constitution that we have. We don't need to go making it into something else. Everybody already has equal opportunity. The equal opportunity is already in the Constitution. You can't get more equal in something. There's no such thing. Well, I need more equality. Well, there is no more equality. Equal is equal. If it's not, then it's unequal. Amen? (laughs) Yeah, I said that. I meant it too. You can't be, oh, we need to be more equal. No, you don't. You already have it. It's already there. God made it. We need to stand on it. It's our fig tree. We need to have that peace and safety. I'm not worried about my peace and safety near as much as I am about those little grandbabies that are coming along. Because they're the ones that are going to need that peace and safety. Real Christians in a world of pretense. They're pretending. They think they know it all and they don't know anything. I'm not being ugly. I'm just being honest. The truth is the truth. Boy, if there ever was a time we need to show them Jesus, it's today. God loves you. And I'll say to you, if you're watching this, God loves you, and he wants to save you. He wants to be your Savior today if you'll give him the chance. Let's all stand. If you've never given your heart and life to Jesus, this may be the chance you need to take. As we sing, it is well with my soul. search that hymn and find out the circumstances under which it was written. It will change your life. Brother Billy, would you dismiss us please?